morning, church. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. I know that sounds a little different than our normal Sunday morning uh, here in Zechariah. We've been in Zechariah for quite some time, and, and now we'll be for just the Sunday, uh, being that it's Vision Sunday. Uh, we'll be in the first chapter of Joshua uh, chapter number 1, and we'll, we'll give you an exposition some in, in these first nine verses of this wonderful, wonderful book. Joshua chapter 1 and verses 1 through verse number 9. You know, as I was preparing this message, we prayed about the the vision for the church um, for the last couple months, just talked it through a little bit. And we discussed Vision Sunday. We discussed uh, what this church uh, means and what it stands for. And so I, I had thought in my mind, what would you have me to preach as far as in, in, this, in this text? And what would you, as far as delivering our vision? And God, of course, brought me to this great change in leadership in Joshua chapter 1. There was a great change, a turning point for uh, the nation of Israel. Moses was the leader of this Israelite bunch out of, out of Egypt, they journeyed for 40 years. This, this was change. And the, and the first verse of Joshua chapter 1 says, Now after the death of Moses. So this is in Deuteronomy. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, you see the change that has taken place. You see Moses uh, kind of passing the mantle to Joshua, this young warrior, this young uh, fighter, this courageous man. Uh, Moses was more of the spiritual leader, the, the one that would uh, hold that rod over the, the, the Red Sea and part the waters. And, and then the, the Israelites would go across dry ground. And then, of course, uh, it would uh, uh, submerge the Egyptian army and they would die. This was a great victory. Moses, who got water out of a rod, who who prayed down uh, the the manna and the and the and the quail and all the things that this was the Moses the greatest leader in the Old Testament he's now dead you can imagine the the fear and you can imagine the change in the hearts of the people wow Moses is dead what do we do what do we do and now Joshua is on the scene I was thinking about change change causes everyone to have a certain amount of anxiety. I, I don't speak, very rarely do I speak to someone who likes change. I'm a person who does not like change. I, I sometimes resist change. I tend to be just someone that's a, kind of a creature of habit. I just have a hard time with change. I watch churches who go through transition. It can be a very stressful time for a church. Generational changes, governmental changes, leadership changes, circumstances, they do change. Health changes. Even church leaders often change. Assistant pastors and even lead pastors sometimes change. And I watch churches, they go through a transitional season. They go through a time and some make the change and some don't make the change. They just, they resist change. Change is scary for some and some a challenge for others. And change for the right reasons is good. We understand that. Sometimes we must change in order to accomplish God's great will, God's great purpose for His, uh, His uh, grand scheme, for His kingdom. And so indeed, it's also right and proper to face the future in faith. 
Change requires us to do some things. Let's read the text this morning, this great turning point in the nation of Israel. Look with me in verse number 1 of Joshua chapter 1. Look with me in verse 1. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to preach for a few minutes this morning. And Lord, I pray that you will help us through your word, verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept. I pray that we not just hear the word, but we would be doers of the word. Help our church this year to move forward by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. As you can see the theme this morning, I want to preach the theme vision for our 2024 on moving forward by faith. Moving forward by faith. The first thing about our text this morning is we must have faith in order to face turning points. Look with me again in verse number 2 of the book of Joshua. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this thou, this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land, which I do give to them even to the children of Israel. This is remarkable. It's a very stunning statement. Sometimes God uh, tells us things we know but then refuse to admit. We, we get so used to uh, the way things are. We get so used to uh, the, the things that have just been the same that we really don't want to face reality and we certainly don't want to face change. And it seems that this was the case for Joshua and, and maybe for the nation of Israel. In this statement he's saying, the time for mourning is over. The time for mourning the loss of Moses and for wondering what is going to be the next step is over. Stop looking back and start moving forward. That's literally what verse number two is saying. There's no time to sit by the, by the trees and weep. There's no time to run around and uh, with our hands ringing, wondering what the next step is. Moses uh, is dead and Joshua, it is time for you to take charge. You are the man. And Joshua, this was a turning point for Joshua, but this was a turning point for Israel. Moses was 120 years old at this time and he died and and it had been Israel's leader for 40 years. He's the only leader they had ever known since leaving Egypt and he had been Joshua's mentor. He had been Joshua's model and Joshua had worked alongside of him for many years. But his faith was not in Moses, his faith was in God. Often we, uh, when we see a great man of God or we see someone like a spiritual leader in our life, we are very uh, quick to put faith in a man. But can I tell you, if Joshua's faith was in Moses, when Moses died, guess what would have happened? It would have all died. Joshua had to have a greater faith than just a faith in Moses. Joshua had to have a great faith, and that faith must be in the Lord God. And so he had followed a great man. Can I say in prefacing the message that when God directs change, it is always for a good reason. Amen? 
When God directs change. Now, I cannot say that all change is good because we know that all change is not good. If you're changing doctrines, if you're changing things that matter, uh, then yes, uh, them, them can be very negative changes. But when God directs a change in the heart of a church or when God directs the change in the heart of a man or when God directs the change in the heart of a nation, it is a good thing. And this is ordered by God. For Israel, the time had come for the people to possess the land. And Moses was not the man to take them to the promised land. Moses had been a great intercessor. Moses had interceded for Israel to God. And, and he was a great leader. But Joshua was the man to take them to the promised land. Moses, if you remember, in Exodus 17, he stood on top of the hill with the rod of God in his hand. But Joshua led the people into battle against the Amalekites in Exodus 17. Moses was the man who uh, spoke to God in Exodus 33 face to face. But Joshua was the man who went before the people. See, God has a person for every situation. Every situation that, that the church would ever get in, every situation that the nation of Israel got in, God always had a man or God always had a person. Can I say this, church, listen to me. Uh, David, help me with the temperature again, if you would, please. Uh, listen, God always has that person, that piece of the puzzle that seems to be missing. Uh, I, I know that in the early days of our church, me and Brother Mike uh, Beach was talking about it and just a moment ago. Someone had asked about the church and uh, the, the, the uh, humble beginnings of our church and I'm very thankful. And man, one day we're, having our, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary this year uh, in April and we're going to have a great uh, homecoming and it's just going to be a wonderful thing and we're going to honor some people and uh, we're looking forward to it, already preparing for it. But you know, I was thinking about even just almost eight years ago, coming to the church when it was down at the other uh, campus on the, on the left side of the building. You've got you to be clear to those that remember the left side of the building. Some of you remember the right side of the building after the church fire that we had. But the left side of the building, that was where we started this journey. And we came and, and there was a group of people that had a heart for God, but there was a young pastor that, that really wanted to see God do something. And, and here's what happened. I believe God in heaven looked down and saw the heart of a pastor and he saw the heart of some church members and he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to perform something great through this man and through those families and I'm going to marry them and I'm going to bring along some people to help them. I'm going to start putting some pieces together of the Bible Baptist Church and we're going to start piecing this puzzle together. Now, some of you walk in here today and you say, wow, look around, the auditorium's full several times over and we're thankful for that. It wasn't always like this, but can I tell you what God did whenever we needed somebody or someone or a leader, God would take somewhere from some other part of the nation or maybe some area of our city and He would take them and transplant them in the Bible. Baptist Church and guess what we would look and say well I'll tell you one thing I've watched that family grow and they are able to to meet that need of the church and God has always strengthened our church through putting the right people in the right place he's always done it 
Now, there's been some changes that took place, but they've been positive changes. And can I say, often these changes are directed by the Lord. So these changes come, and yes, I'm telling you, there are some that have problems with change, and we understand that. But if it's directed by the Lord, and God uses another person to do it, it is, it is of the Lord, and it's a positive change. God has His person for every situation. And, that, and as we, if you would get me some water, if somebody would, maybe somebody already has. <clears throat> it gets hot in here, and I'm preaching, and my mouth gets dry. Amen. God supplies those who are gifted for the task at hand. Whether it is a special committee, whether it's a special task, whether it's maybe a new deacon or maybe a musician or maybe somebody that's in church leadership, maybe it's a Sunday school teacher, maybe it's a, a small group leader, a children's uh, program worker. Thank you, Philip. Maybe it's somebody just to bring the preacher water. Amen. That's important. Whatever the case may be, God gives us people for that unseen task. I've watched Him do it the last eight years. I've watched God meet every need this church has. And yes, I know sometimes there's been changes involved, but I've watched God's hand, His big strong hand, lead people and lead the church through these. And God has met every need. Can I say secondly, not only do we... Uh, have faith in order to face these turning points, these changes. But secondly, we must have faith in order to move forward. Now look at our text. We see in verse number 2 that the servant Moses is dead. But now, he says, Therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Look with me in verse 3. Here's a promise. Here's a provision. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness, he gives the geographical location. He starts to describe how big this vast region is. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the River Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites and even to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee. And all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. We must have faith in order to move forward. That's the theme of, of 2024 for the Bible Baptist Church. There's some obstacles ahead. There's some things that we must move forward on and we got to be courageous. We've got to move forward. But in order to move forward, there has to be faith involved. I can imagine Joshua trying to fill the shoes of Moses. Can you imagine the pressure? Can you imagine the feeling that Joshua must have had to step inside the shoes of Moses, the great leader? I'm sure there came with pressures. I'm sure Joshua in his mind thought, Moses is the one that, that 
got water out of the rock and Moses was the one that, that uh, led this, this journey from Egypt and Moses was the one that stood before Pharaoh time and time again and Moses was the one that held that rod out. Hey, look at all the pressures. I don't know if I can live up to that. Think about all the murmuring that the children of Israel did against Moses. All the accusing that the children of Israel did against Moses. Think about stepping into that role. Could you just for a minute think about yourself running for the president of the United States? Now you say, well, I tell you, I could do a better job. I think a third grader might could do a better job. I'm not talking about a better job. I think if someone trusts God and honors the word of God and just is an upright person, you might can make some decisions. We know Josiah was a king at eight years old. He uh, led a kingdom. And the Bible says he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. I believe if you do right in the eyes of the Lord, you might have a good shot. But could you imagine the pressures that come with leading a nation? You're not going to make everybody happy. I know the pressures that come with a church. And I know some of you in your private conversations have criticized myself and maybe a decision. And you know what? I sleep like a baby at night. Now, nobody, listen, nobody likes to be criticized. And, and honestly, you can tell a man that he really has the pastor's heart when he wants people to like him. I do. Man, if I know someone doesn't like me, it bothers me just because maybe I feel like I've done something or maybe I've, I've hurt them or said something that I shouldn't have said. I've had to go to people before and certainly apologize for the way something maybe came out. I didn't mean it that way. We understand that. But could you imagine leading a nation where every night on the 11 o'clock news, they are trashing you no matter if you're conservative or liberal. I mean, buddy, they are bashing you. They are talking about you. They're running you down. Hey, they're throwing your family in the mix. I mean, they're just getting you. Could you imagine? Hey, if I was a leader of the nation, I would not own a television. Amen. Who'd want to watch that? Oh, they said that about me tonight. I'm getting them tomorrow. Nobody would like that. Moses led the nation of Israel for 40 years. And you know what they did for him? They criticized him. They talked about him. They accused him. Now it got God in the killing mood. God sent down serpents. Do you remember that? They venomous vipers were biting. And guess what Moses did? Moses said, you're killing all the people, God. Hey, he got a brass uh, a pole there and a serpent, and he held it up in the wilderness. He said, look and live. And those that looked, they, they survived. But there were some that died that day. Do you remember that group that stood up against Moses, Korah? Y'all remember when the earth opened up and swallowed them? Yeah, that was Moses. All of these stories that we read about, there was opposition to the life of Moses. There was things that happened in the life of Moses. And, and we understand that there is times when a leader gets criticized, and yet Joshua is supposed to take the reins of this nation and lead it forward. And God says to Joshua in the latter part of verse 2, look at it with me, He says, Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. The reality of what was happening must have been crushing 
The prospect of leading such an unpredictable, rebellious group of people, I'm sure it had a very daunting pressure with it. And God knew all that. He knew that at such a time as this, Joshua needed words of comfort, encouragement, and affirmation. You know what? We often need words of reassurance, don't we? I believe that's what God does here for Joshua. First, He reassured Joshua. Look at this in verse 3. He reassured him of his provision. Look at it. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. He reassures Joshua. Joshua, listen. I'm going I'm to make this covenant clear. Every place that your foot touches, every place that you're at, he's renewing that covenant. He reaffirms his commitment and he reinstates the provision that, of the land that they would inhabit. This is, it must have been so reassuring to Joshua. God has reassured us of His provision as well. Let me just say this. Like the psalmist had said, I once was old, but now, uh, I once was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor his seed begging bread. I can say with the great psalmist, I've never had a day where I wondered where the food was going to come from and where the blessings of God was going to come from. Why? Hey, it could have been tight at times and it could have been, man, it could have been low at times. But can I tell you, God has always supplied our need. As a church, there's been times where we didn't have two nickels to rub together. There was times when we didn't have the money to do things, but guess what? God always, always supplies. And He has reassured us of His provision. Hey, secondly, God reassures us of His promise. Look at verse 3, the latter part of verse 3. He says, uh, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. And then He says, uh, even, uh, or He says, uh, as I said unto Moses. He's reassuring that I told, I told this to Moses and Joshua, I'm telling this to you. This was a promise made. And can I say, if God makes a promise, He's not going to break it. He's not going to break it. God doesn't make promises and break them. He's a God that cannot lie. It ain't that He won't lie. He cannot lie. In hope of eternal life, Titus 1, 2. Uh, in a God who cannot lie. We understand that God doesn't promise things and then not come through. And by the way, that's a good advice for us Christians. When we promise things, we ought to come through. Thirdly, He reassures us of His protection. Look with me in verse number 5. The Bible says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. That stand before thee means stand against you. He's promised to protect. Church, that, I don't know what that does for you, but boy, that really comforts me this morning that God has promised to not only provide God has promised to protect His children. If you watch the daily news, you can see wars and rumors of wars. You can see strife and nation rising against nation. I do believe that we are living in the last days. I just believe that. I'm looking for the blessed hope and I'm looking for His glorious appearing. But church, let's not be so dismayed that we think that God's just going to leave us and forsake us and not protect us. God's going to protect us. God's going to protect this church. 
I don't care what president rises up against and what governor rises up against and takes our uh, rights away and maybe takes different things away. God has promised to protect the church and even said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We know that we're on the offense and we're charging hell with the gospel and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. He's promised to protect. And fourthly, he's promised us his presence. Look with me in verse, the latter part of verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Now, I'm going to say this. There's nothing that we should desire more than the presence of God. The day that the presence of God leaves this church is the day that we might as well board up the walls and the doors because what makes this church so beautiful and effective and powerful is the presence of God. The presence of God. We need God. We, we don't need some five-step program to make the church bigger. We don't need this and this and if we do this. No, we just need the presence of God. We need Him here. And He reassures us with His presence. He also not only reassures us, but secondly, He provides us with encouragement. How many of you need encouragement from time to time? You just need some encouragement? I do. I, I do. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. We live in some dark days, do we not? And if all we put in our head is discouraging thoughts and discouraging news, then my friend, we're going to walk around discouraged. We need some encouragement. I like to run. I like to... Uh, I like to run races. I like to sign up for them. We'll do them sometimes as a family, but we'll do them. And I've got a time that I like to beat. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the time like 5Ks and 8Ks and 10Ks or whatever. I like to do those races. Some of you are looking at me like if you see me running, I'm running from something, right? I get it. But it does something for me, and I've done it for years. I like, the, I like the way it feels. I like the way my mind is when I run, and I like what it does for my lungs and my heart. But... I have a friend who runs these races and she was training for a half marathon and she'd run some marathons before and so she, you know, no problem there. But the day that she was training for this and had to make a certain time, she actually failed to qualify. And so I asked, why did you fail to qualify for this, this half marathon? What was the deal? She only ran like eight miles out of 13 and she just gave up. And she said, well, I, she said that the morning of, she said, I, I did not fuel. I did not uh, put some carbs in. She said, I, I think I just ran out of juice. She said, secondly, I was sick and I hadn't run for two weeks before the run. She said, I just thought I could do it. And then she said something else, another excuse. And I thought to myself, this girl has ran full marathons. She runs just about every day or at least three or four times a week. She is in Good health as far as we know. And then she just did not finish this half marathon. And I thought to myself, and I didn't say this because she's a good runner. But I wonder if there had just been some people cheering her on. You can do it. You, 
Go, go, don't quit, go. Hey, we're here for you, go. Hey, I was running here on New Year's Day in Simpsonville downtown, and we were running a, a little 5K, and it's real hilly through one of those subdivisions, and I, I think I overdid it. I was trying to beat some people, and I'm like, nobody's going to pass me, and I'm running, and then there was a girl in a stroller went by me, and I thought, well, I'm giving up. Then another one, no. But I was running by and uh, just, you know, winded. I said, man, I'd gave, I'd given everything I had in this 5K and we were on the back stretch. And, and I know it was on that back stretch going right on Main Street and I, I could see the finish line way down there and I, I thought, well, I'm just going to, here's what I thought. Because there was a guy behind me and I thought, well, he can't pass me. And then he got up beside me and then he went by me and I thought, well, that's it. I'm just going to walk the rest of the way. I mean, truly, I... I was, I'd given everything. And I was running a good time, but I was done. And I looked over, and there were some kids with signs. I didn't know the kids, but they were cheering. Yay, go, you can make it. And then I, I looked away, uh, just down, and there were some people standing out there cheering, and yeah, good job, good job. And I thought, man, I can't start walking in front of them. <laughs> kids would start crying, they'd start booing. I can't, I can't walk, so guess what I did? I kept running until I got to the finish line. All I needed was some encouragement. You know what you need often? You need some encouragement. You need someone to look at you and say, you know what, you can do it. Man, just hang in there. Hey, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't back out. Don't start walking when you can run. Hey, you can do it. Hey, in your marriage, you know what you need from time to time? Some encouragement. Hey, in child rearing, you know what you need sometimes? Some encouragement. Hey, in your walk with God, you know what you need sometimes? Just some encouragement. And guess where we get encouragement often? From God's Word. We need some encouragement. Encouragement, uh, we all need it. We all need that affirmation. We all need that time. And I, I believe Joshua was getting encouraged, but guess what? He was getting encouraged from God. Just as I said to Moses, Joshua, I'm saying this to you. I'm going to bless you. Be strong and be very courageous. See, the courage of faith is rooted in provision. We find that in the latter or the first part of verse 3. All I've given thee, every place where thy soul of your foot treads. This is a great provision. We see that God's promises are rooted just as I have promised Moses. We see God's protection. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. You're not, no enemy is going to overtake you. That's God's protection. And then we're reassured with God's presence we're encouraged his word is infallible it's unfailing that's why we can be strong we can be very very courageous we need to be strong we need to be courageous in order to accomplish God's purpose now church don't miss this This is the last and final thing look with me in verse number seven of Joshua chapter one only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper within whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. Therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then 
thou shalt have good success. Thirdly, we must exercise the courage of faith in order to stand firm. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, if, if you will, standing firm to move forward. What do we stand firm on? We, we find it in verse number 7. Be strong and be courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not. Turn not from it to the right hand nor the left. Stand firm. Don't be moved about with every wind of doctrine that's blowing. Don't get swayed. Don't get uh, uh, discouraged. And certainly don't go back. Stand firm and move forward. He says three times, be strong and of good courage. You see that in verse number 7? And then he says, or verse 6 rather, and then he says in verse 7, And then he says it again in verse number 9. Three times God reminds him. Now, Moses said it to Joshua in Deuteronomy chapter 31. In verse 7, Moses says to Joshua, Be strong and of good courage. And that's a future, be strong. I I know what you're about to go into. But God reminds Joshua three times in one chapter, Be strong and of good courage. I'll be honest with you. I know what Moses said. To, 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 uh, to Joshua was a man. And that's what Moses was. He was merely a man. But when God says it, you can take it to the bank. Be strong and of good courage. You say, Pastor, how do I stand firm in the faith? We stand on God's word. He, he says it in verse number 8, this book of the law, talking about the Torah. In, in this day... Uh, not everyone in, in Israel would have had the book of the law. They would have had a particular place that the, the Torah would have been, the law of Moses. And I'm sure a leader would have gotten the Torah out and, and that time would have read uh, to the Torah or the book of the law to the people and they would have heard it. We today have a Bible, a a canonized scripture from Genesis to Revelation that's infallible and it's inspired, it's God-breathed, there's no mistakes in it at all. And we have it today. And we also have the Spirit of God who's illuminating His Word and speaking into our life. And we thank God for the Spirit and we thank God for the Word. What do we do today in this day of change? We stand firm. And we stand firm on God's Word. You say, well, what do we do? Well, we stand firm in the faith on God's Word because God's Word must be, it must characterize our speech. Look at verse 8, if you would. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy what? Say it, one, two, three. Mouth. We associate our mouth with our speech. The Word of God should be in our mouth. We should be speaking the Word of God. We must talk about the Word of God with our family, with our friends. We must teach it to those who don't understand it. We must explain it to those who are even not Christian. Why? It's the Word of God. It should be in our mouth. God's Word should characterize our speech. But number two, God's Word must control our thoughts. Notice the the, the latter part of verse number eight. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night night. What do we meditate? We meditate in our thought life. So here we are, church don't miss this, 21 days, we're 21 days into the new year. 
It takes 21 days to form a habit. So how are you doing with God's Word this year? 21 days in. Some of you have already derailed your New Year's resolution. You've already said, you know what, I'm going to get in God's Word more than I ever have. And that is a great goal. But if you're already 21 days in and you are lacking, by the way, it's not too late. Get back on board. But stay with it. And how do you stay with it? Church, don't miss this. You stay with it by meditating day and night. Here's what some of us do. Instead of meditating on God's Word, we watch the final news broadcast or the final game, and we go to bed. Now, is that sinful? Absolutely not. And here's what a lot of us do. We wake up in the morning, and we watch the news, or we listen to news radio, and we do all the things, and we get... Here's what we do, church. Now, I'm just I'm preaching to myself, but we, we intake the world news versus God's news. This world is not my home. Why am I reading letters from the earth that's only negative instead of letters from God, the only letter that He gave us, God's Word. He says, meditate day and night. And then thirdly, God's Word must direct our behavior. Notice what the latter, the latter part of verse 8 says. He says, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Do y'all see the y'all see the progress there? It starts with our mouth, it goes to our mind, and then it affects our behavior. And then it's amazing that our way becomes prosperous and we have good success. Show me a good Christian that has the joy of God that's effective in their witness, and I'll show you someone that spends time in their word. Amen. Look with me in the latter. Look at verse 9. Have not I commanded thee? This is God. Have not I commanded thee, Joshua? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Be In order to move forward by faith, we must have courage. There's going to be some things. Isn't Joshua the one that when they were going to the promised land, they spied out the land and they saw the giants in the land? And, and there was 10 of them that said, we can't do that. We can't go over there. Did you see those guys? They were like grasshoppers. We're like grasshoppers compared to, I mean, we're, they're, they're way bigger and way stronger and there's no way we can... And Joshua said, man, we can take that. We, we, can, we can do that. You know what he had? He had courage. Church, in order for us to move forward by faith, we must have courage. 2024 is going to be a year like you have never seen before. And I'm talking about in our nation. We, you ought to brace yourself and pray. We are in an election year and there's a bunch of hatred on both sides. I, I don't know. We thought 2020 was something. We thought that even the 2021 was something. I mean, we were looking and we're like, how can it get worse? Oh, don't say that. 
Oh, boy. This is prophecy. Men will wax worse and worse. We understand that a lot of things are happening, that this is, this is prophetic. But folks, let's not be afraid. Let's be encouraged that God is on our side. There's no reason for us to be lacking. There's no reason for us to be fearful. And church, this could, you say, Pastor, you're talking about goals for 2024 in a year that we don't even know what's going to happen? Yep. Because it's God's church. And the church will prevail. And I believe God has impressed upon our hearts to do more than we ever have. For the sake of the gospel.